folks. Welcome in to Pickaxe and Roll, brought to you by our good friends over at Superbook Sports. I'm your host, Ryan Blackburn, at NBA Blackburn on Twitter, part of the Mile High Sports Podcast Network, and I am excited to talk about the Denver Nuggets. Uh, Going to be a fun show today. Looking forward to doing some season grades, looking forward to talking about what we've seen so far from the team. Should be a good one. Hopefully you are subscribed, but if not, please hit that like button, hit that subscribe button down below would mean the world as we continue to grow the Mile High Sports YouTube channel. Uh, Had a great time with my guy Swipa earlier tonight on the Locked On Nuggets channel. Those guys are tremendous and it is always good to hear from my guy Swipa. We're going to record some in-studio content at some point soon. That will happen shortly. Um, hope everybody's having a nice night. Uh, hope everybody's enjoying the in-season tournament. Obviously, Denver's not taking a part of that. And I think uh, Nuggets fans are having a little bit of FOMO here where uh, there's been a lot of fun moments. There's been a lot of interesting moments from the IST. And it is something that people don't really fully realize until they're in this moment. And I think next year, the Nuggets will probably approach it a little bit differently. They will. Now, they they did tighten up the rotations, but... Uh, a guy like Jamal Murray, for example, he would probably play a little bit sooner if they had an opportunity to do so, just knowing that the group play stage does mean something. And that's a a consideration that I think Denver is going to have over the course of the next couple times that the IST goes, because it would be cool to win a championship and then win the, the NBA Cup or the IST or whatever you want to call it. Uh, that's always fun. That's a good environment. And I think we've seen a lot of fun games, and I'll talk about that in the second segment in just a bit here, but uh, or maybe the third segment. We'll we'll do third. We'll do three. Um, but let's do season grades at the beginning here. I advertise this podcast as that, where the Denver Nuggets have played about a quarter of the season. They are fourteen and seven at this point. I think that's about the record that a lot of people would have hoped for them at this stage. Uh, They've had a couple of tough stretches from a scheduling standpoint. Obviously, Jamal Murray has not played a ton, and yet they are 14 and 7. And I think if you're taking the macro view of what they've done so far, you probably feel pretty good. So most of these grades, I think, are going to reflect that. There are some that I think will be negative, and we can get into that in a little bit. But I do think that it is going to be fascinating to see what people see and what they think about the grades that I'm about to share, because I think... I will be a little bit lower on some guys, a little bit higher on some guys than the consensus. So if you're interested, comment down below who you think uh, gets an A grade, who you think gets a failing grade, and or if you want to, just go along and, and list the players that I have are that I'm listing in this, which is basically the entire rotation, Michael Malone and Calvin Booth. Uh, should be very interesting to see what people have to think. All right. Let's start with Nikola Jokic. Start with the big fella himself. Uh, I would probably be uh, remiss if I gave him anything other than an A or an A plus, right? Like, he's been unbelievable. The numbers that he's put up, and I've talked about this with Swipa on the Locked on Nuggets show, they're incredible. They are unprecedented. He's doing things that nobody has ever seen before. This, and they showed a stat like this on ESPN. This is the latest in the season anybody has ever led all categories of points, rebounds, and assists. Ever. Latest in the season. And it's December 5th. 
Like nobody's ever done anything like this. And generally when you have a guy who dominates two categories, you're either dominating points and rebounds or you're dominating points and assists. And the points and rebounds guys are usually your bigs. They're usually your dominant centers, your Shaquille O'Neal's, your Hakeem Olajuwon's, guys like that, Will Chamberlain. Uh, your assist leader types, your points and assist guys are Russell Westbrook, James Harden, uh, Trey Young, Luka Doncic, kind of in that general realm where the, you've got your perimeter players that are doing it. Never have anybody do both. And it's so rare to actually see it. And so obviously I think Jokic deserves an A. I'm going to give him an A+. I think that actually, you know what? No, I'm going to give him an A. I'm going to give him an A. He got kicked out of a game. Like he had a couple of moments with the refs that were pretty frustrating. And I think it's fair to dock him like half a letter grade on that. But he still gets an A grade because no matter what you expect from him, he continues to exceed expectations. He just always does. And that is the mark of a true champion. It's the mark of a true legend of the game. And I continue to be impressed by Nikola Jokic to this day. Like, that's always going to be the case. And he brings his A game almost no matter what. And just to be clear, if, if I'm kind of handicapping these grades here, A means that you're exceeding expectations by a lot. Um, or at least relative to what was expected. B is like, hey, your your expectations were either pretty low and you have exceeded that, or your expectations were pretty high and you have met them. Um, so that's that's how I would kind of grade that. C is, hey, your expectations were pretty high and you haven't really met them, or your expectations were low and you haven't really done anything. And like that's that's sort of what people thought you would do. A D is a failing grade where you had expectations and they clearly have not been met. And an F is, well, we'll get to an F in just a bit. Uh, Jamal Murray, we'll do the starters here. Then we'll take a break and do the bench. And then uh, as well as Michael Malone, Calvin Booth. And then we'll talk about the IST after that. Jamal Murray, I haven't decided whether to give him an incomplete or a D. I am not sure. And everybody knows that I am a, I'm a Jamal Murray guy. Like I, I want the best for him. I clearly like think he's awesome and he's a dominant force. And that's very important. And he's very important to Denver's title hubs. But he also has not played. And when you don't play and you get hurt, it's not really under his control. Like he can't just say, hey, I'm not going to get hurt on this play. Like that's not how it really works. But he did get hurt and he missed like, 13, 14 games, or however much he has. And because of those missed games, Denver's record is probably a little bit worse than it could have been. Like, Denver probably could have won at least a couple of the road games that they lost. And they might have won either the Houston or the New Orleans Pelicans game in the NBA Cup, in the in-season tournament, and maybe they'd be playing right now if Jamal was playing. So I am not sure whether to give him an incomplete because he just hasn't played, or to give him a failing grade because. I think like while he has been out there, he has been good, but he hasn't been out there enough. And even when he was out there, the bench just was not uh, hanging out. They, they were not uh, doing great. So it is what it is. I hope that we can talk about this less in the next run of grades. I think he will be back very shortly. 
and will be able to talk about his return and hopefully never have to talk about his departure at any point in the given future. But at this stage, I think it's fair. I'll give him an incomplete because giving him a D for getting hurt feels wrong. So I'll give him an incomplete. Aaron Gordon, I'm giving a C. I put this on the thumbnail. Anybody that clicked on the thumbnail is wondering, okay, why'd you give Aaron Gordon a C? Like Denver's still winning. He's like, what, what about his game have you been frustrated with? And it's nothing like major that he can't adjust and can't get better. But he's just not shooting the ball. Like he's not shooting the ball with any efficiency at all. I looked up this stat when preparing for a mailbag article that you can read on milehighsports.com. This mailbag basically asked, hey, what is a good shot? What is a bad shot? And I gave two different examples. A good shot in the mid-range is one where Kentavious Caldwell-Pope uses Nikola Jokic as a DHO and he fades into a two that he's very comfortable taking. He is consistent with it. The other end of the spectrum is when you dump the ball into a guy like Aaron Gordon in the post and he takes a turnaround fadeaway from that spot as a self-created shot. And that is not a, that's not a good shot to me. And part of the reason for it is just Aaron Gordon's not making that shot. He is two of 14 on those particular pull-up twos, whether they're come from the post, whether they come from the mid-range, uh, off the dribble, like some of them will go the other direction, but two of 14 is 28%, or it's uh, 14%. That is not good. That is not good enough to be taking them. And he hasn't taken a ton of them, to be clear. But I also know that that's one of the dribble areas that he struggled with, or one of the jumping jumper areas that he struggled with. The other is simply taking threes. The other is simply uh, free throws. Like he has not had his jumper going so far this year. And we're 20 games in. And I don't want to overreact. So I'm going to give him a C. Like that's his expectations are always high. He takes on a heavy defensive assignment. He usually does pretty well with that. He rebounds the ball reasonably well. He passes reasonably well. But he's not finishing and he's not scoring. And I do think it's affecting Denver's offense. I think they need him to be a threat. And he has not been a threat. So he gets a C. Michael Porter, I'm giving a B, just a flat B. I thought about giving him a B minus, and I don't think that that's fair. He started off the year slow as a shooter. Then he started off, or then he got his shooting back, and then he really struggled as a defender, especially on Denver's road trip, where he was being attacked mercilessly. I think that's kind of stabilized a little bit. He still struggles when going around screens. He can still like not be as effective in different areas and different aspects of his game but he is passing the ball a little bit better he's averaging a a better number for assists he's not really turning the ball over that much he's his shot just looks a lot better he's rebounding the ball more and overall like I, I think that he has stepped up when Aaron Gordon went down Michael Porter stepped over to the power forward position and I thought he played his best basketball and I'm not really surprised about that he's the size of a power forward and Denver makes him the small forward for their team so that they can get a size advantage on the rest of the league. But, but, like, there is at least uh, an inkling from me that says, you know what, he might be better off as a starting power forward. And whether that's in Denver, whether that's somewhere else, not really sure, but I think that he has done a a reasonable job at power forward and, and moves really well from there, and it looks like he's moving better every single day. And Another important piece here, 
knock on wood, has played every game. That's an important aspect of this. 21 games in a row for Michael Porter, including two separate five games and seven nights stretches and multiple back-to-backs. Like, he has been good, but more importantly, he has been available. And that is when Murray has been out and Gordon just got recently injured and uh, is now back, but he's still a little bit slow on the draw. Denver needs something that they can count on, and they've been able to count on Porter a little bit more than they've been able to count on Murray and Gordon to this point. And finally, for the first segment, let's do KCP. He gets an A- from me. Really important role. And he fills that role about as well as anybody can hope for. About as well as anybody can expect. I don't want to give him a flat A because I don't think that he deserves it. I think that there are aspects of his game that he needs to improve at or has to improve by the playoffs in order for Denver to be the best version of themselves. One of those is in transition. I think he is probably one of the bigger reasons why Denver's transition offense has not been good enough. Uh, KCP has been missing several layups in transition. He hasn't been super comfortable like driving into the teeth of the defense and kind of leading that break. And every time I watch him in transition, I'm, I'm a little bit uh, curious as to what's actually going to happen. Now, to be clear, expectations for him are that he's a fifth starter. He's paid like a fifth starter. He is a role player. He is somebody who fills his role about as well as anybody can be expected to. Uh, His defense has been awesome. There are some times where it kind of falls off a little bit. And when he's asked to guard some of the top players in the NBA, sometimes those guys can get him. But for the most part, he fits the team defense extremely, extremely well. And I also did a a 20-game kind of analysis of two-man net ratings, and he is positive in every single one. Like, that dude fits with every single lineup. And because of that, that is such an important skill. That is such an important, like, value add to any rotation because if he's malleable, then the rest of the team can fit around him. So he deserves a ton of credit, and I'm giving it to him here. A minus, not quite an A. He still needs to work on his finishing around the rim, but... I think that he's done about as well as could be expected. All right, let's take a break. When we come back, we are going to chat about the rest of the rotation, the bench in particular, as well as the in-season tournament. But first, everybody, did you know that you can refer a friend and earn a $50 bonus this season with Superbook Sports? Superbook is the most trusted name in sports wagering, and you do not want to miss their refer a friend bonus. All you have to do is click on the Refer a Friend link under your profile in the Superbook app and share that promo code with your friends and you will get a $50 bonus for every single person who registers using your code. That is $50 for every single person, folks. That is money in your pocket. So win money wagering and win money referring with Superbook Sports. Visit Superbook.com for terms and conditions. Gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER. We'll be right back on Pickaxe and Roll. And we're back. Pickaxe and Roll. Ryan Blackburn here. Thank you so much, everybody, for tuning in. Appreciate all the love and support on the podcast, as always. 
again, it'd be awesome if you could rate, review, and subscribe to the show uh, on the audio side as well. That is a uh, an important medium for everybody that's traveling in the car that likes to listen to the podcast when they're at work or they're on the road or anything like that. Really appreciate it. Even if you can't see the YouTube video, uh, that is obviously helpful for us as well. Five stars on that platform, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, wherever you get your podcasts, that would be fantastic. All right, let's transition over to the bench lineup now. Let's talk about which lineups, or not the which lineups, let's just do grades. We're going to grade each individual player here and kind of assign uh, a season grade so far. I'm giving a, an A- minus to Reggie Jackson. It's not quite an A, and people might be a little bit bothered by that. They might be a little bit frustrated. It's not quite an A, and here's why. Reggie, for all of the great stuff that he does, has not been a good enough defensive player in Denver's starting lineup for Denver to get the margins that they're hoping for with those groups. Uh, I think that Reggie has done a fantastic job of fitting in offensively. He does not like step outside the box too much. He takes a shot every now and then that Joker's like, oh, you took that one. That's interesting. Um, but more often than not, he's made those shots and made good on those attempts like where a lot of times you'll see guys if they take a shot that's kind of outside their purview and then they miss it and joker will look at them and be like okay don't do that again or he'll just not run those actions in that same direction because reggie has been successful and because Jokic clearly trusts him he has been involving him in a lot of actions especially in late game situations without jamal uh, so he does deserve a lot of credit there the defense has not been good and I will also point out that when Reggie has been with the bench, the bench has not been good. That is not entirely Reggie's fault. Part of that is because they were going to stagger Reggie and Jamal together. And those lineups have not come to fruition and they kind of were bad at the beginning of the year. So I don't want to put that all on Reggie, but as the backup point guard in many of those lineups, or at least the staggered point guard, he is the guy that is supposed to sort of direct everything, make sure the offense is flowing, make sure everybody knows where they have to be. And for the most part, he's done it, but there have been some times where the bench has just kind of fallen apart. So I want to give him an A-. minus. I think that that's the right call. Christian Brown. Let's go with a B. Let's go with a B for Christian Brown. I think that that's a good good letter grade for him just because I had expectations for him, and I think that he has not surpassed those expectations, but he's at least met certain aspects of his development that I think are very important for the team. Uh, He had a lot of pressure coming into things. He actually didn't end up being the sixth man. Reggie Jackson did. Reggie Jackson was the guy that they decided, hey, we are going to task you with the stagger initially. We're going to bring you in at the six-minute mark while Murray was healthy. And that might happen again, by the way. Uh, We'll bring Reggie Jackson in at the six-minute mark, and then we'll bring Christian Brown in at the four-minute mark instead and make him the seventh man or the eighth man, somebody who he might still play. He might still even play more than Reggie at times, but for the most part, it's not his responsibility to immediately change the energy of the bench or of of the uh, game, the complexion of the game. I think he's done okay. I, I don't say that he's done great. I think that that would be a lie. But there are good aspects of his game. 21 games so far. He hasn't missed one. That's great. 8.9 points, 47.4% from the field, 4.2 rebounds, 
two assists. 41% from three is a good number. However, it is coming on a very low number of attempts, 1.6 attempts per game. He has not upped his three-point volume. And that's something that I think should change. That's something he should continue to try to explore. Now he has up this two-point volume. He, per 36 minutes last year, he was taking 5.9 two-pointers per game. This year he's taking 9.9. So he is nearly, not nearly, like it's close to doubled his two-pointers attempted. The per 36 on the three-pointers is 2.9 last year, 2.8 this year. So that is basically the same. The efficiency has improved in some ways. The three-point shooting efficiency has been better. He's actually now up to 73% from the free throw line. So credit to him. He had missed a bunch at the beginning. And I think he's done a, a pretty good job of fitting in. He hasn't been perfect. He hasn't taken the leap or anything like that. But he has been pretty good. And to be clear, he is somebody that I still trust in the playoffs. I think that he's going to be a helpful playoff player. And as his role kind of narrows in a playoff environment where, you know, you're going to feature your starters, you're going to feature your stars. Christian can still fit in around that. And a lot of the lineups with him, Jokic, and say KCP, those lineups have killed, just dominated so far. So it wouldn't surprise me if Denver tries to get to those lineups with the playoffs. And when, when they basically say, all right, hey, Jamal, you need a rest here, bringing in Christian Brown, having him basically not run back a point, but have KCP run back a point a little bit, then Christian has fit right into that, and he's done a pretty good job on both ends of the floor. Peyton Watson, I'm also giving a B. I would not have given him a B had it not been for his last four or five games. He changed the complexion of his score based off of how he performed in these last five or so. Uh, Was called out a little bit after the road trip. Basically, Michael Malone said, hey, we need something to change. We need something to improve. And he improved it. He added some more energy. He added some more physicality. And so far this year, he's averaging higher numbers in steals per 36 minutes and blocks per 36 minutes. Now, he's not averaging a higher rebounding number. And that is something that I would definitely look at, something I'd be a little bit concerned about. Uh, But the two-pointers have been okay. He's fit in around there. The jump shot is gone. That is not something that has really manifested. He's shooting 50% from the line, 21% from three. But he, again, is is very young. He's somebody who you have to be patient with a player like that, somebody who is going to take time developing all aspects of their game. I'm just glad that he locked in defensively and that he found some opportunities to really be impactful, especially over the course of this last back-to-back facing Kevin Durant and De'Aaron Fox in successive games. Uh, that's a really, really like difficult defensive assignment to be able to cover, and he covered it pretty well on both of those guys. So I think that he's earned time. I think he's earned playing time, and he deserves to be out there in different situations. Now, is he going to be better than Michael Porter in some situations? Probably not. Is he going to be better than Aaron Gordon in situations? Probably not. It's not what his job is yet, though. His job is to provide a jolt of energy, somebody who can do a little bit more and continue to step up and continue to do things for the roster that nobody else is willing to do or able to do. And that's be the athletic hustler, defensive energy guy that everybody needs, that every team needs if they want to win a championship. So uh, he's basically filling the Christian Brown role from, from last year. And I think he's done a pretty good job of it. So hopefully he continues to grow. 
this was a good sign right towards the end here. Zeke Naji, Zeke gets an F for me. And might seem harsh to some people. It is. It probably is a little bit too harsh based off of what he's accomplished. And, and like, there's a lot of pressure on him and a lot of the... In a lot of the lineups that Denver has played with him at center, there has been a lot of pressure on him. Unfortunately, he is not rebounding to the level that he's needed to be. Uh, He is actually averaging a career high in rebounds per 36 minutes. He's at 8.0 when a couple years ago in 2021-22, he was at 7.6. So there's something there. Some of that is uh, most actually most of it's on the offensive side. He has been averaging a career high in offensive rebounds per 36 minutes. The defensive rebounding has regressed and he is has not done a great enough job of impacting the game in that realm. If it was just that, it would be fine. I wouldn't be as worried. But his true shooting percentage is down, his turnover percentage is higher, his usage rate is higher. Um, which is fine. That's not a big deal, but he's not shooting the balls efficiently. He is not taking as many threes. Uh, He is getting to the free throw line, which is good. And he's actually shooting, or he was shooting a decent free throw percentage. He's now down to 60.7%. That is not good. The Nuggets have benched him. They have taken him out of the rotation. And I think that that is pretty indicative of what they, they were expecting. He was given a four-year extension in the offseason. He was somebody that they believed in, somebody that they wanted to lock in long-term. And while the growing pains would be a little bit difficult, it would still be okay. It has not been okay. And all of the minutes that they have played with Zeke Naji on the floor have been bad. And for them to not be able to find a good lineup with them out there, when I just gave B grades to Christian Brown, Peyton Watson, and I'm going to give a B minus to Julian Strother. Um, all those guys have gotten Bs. Zeke is the one that if you look at all of the lineup data, it all kind of comes back down to him. And that's unfair in some ways because he's the one guy that doesn't really play with Nikola Jokic. But even in the minutes that he's played with Jokic, they get killed. So I don't know. He hasn't found his role. He hasn't found his rhythm. And for whatever reason, I just don't think that the team trusts him that much. And there's a reason why DeAndre Jordan is considered now a savior for Denver. That's just, it's not fair to either guy, but that is the situation where Denver is at this quarter mark. So for the first 21 games of the season, Zeke gets an F. Now, could he get a better grade going forward? Sure. Absolutely. Will he? Is he going to get the opportunity? I don't know. We're going to find out. I mentioned the aforementioned Julian Strother. B minus for him. He's a rookie. He doesn't have the same expectations that Zeke Naji does. Zeke has been in the league for, this is now his fourth season. He just got paid. He has a higher purview as, as just the higher expectations that I have for Zeke Naji than I do for Julian Strother. So with Julian's numbers, like with his plus minus not looking great, I don't care as much about that because I never expected it to be there. But Julian did win a game for Denver and I didn't expect that. I thought that he would... Uh, be riding the pine basically for much of the season or staying in the G League for a, a chunk of time. He has not done that. He has been in the rotation and he has played a bunch of games. Julian Strothers played 18 of Denver's 21 games. That is incredible. Five points, 
one rebound, one assist, nothing crazy here. Uh, the jump shot is fine. He's at 32% from three. Takes a ton of difficult ones, so I'm not like super concerned about it. He hasn't shot that efficiently from two, and the floater has probably not gotten in as much as I thought as it would. Um, defensively, he's still all over the place, which I think everybody mostly expected. But I think in general that he will be okay. Uh, this is the first 21 games of his career versus for a guy like Zeke, who it was not the first 21 games of his career. He does get a B minus because of the playoff of the lineup data does not favor him in any way, shape or form. Uh, but I do think that that can change over the course of this year. Two more guys before we get to the to coach and Calvin Booth. Uh, DeAndre Jordan gets an A minus. He doesn't get an A because he did lose Denver a game against the Sacramento Kings on a back-to-back. Uh, his minutes were not very good. But he did win Denver a game, and he won them a game without Nikola Jokic. And that deserves an A by itself, basically. So I'm giving him an A- minus for that. Hasn't really impacted a bunch of games other than that. But I do think, hey, DJ deserves that credit. He deserves that time. And he's also a tremendous veteran. And finally, Justin Holiday, B+. He is good. He is solid. He is exactly what I thought he would be. Maybe just more efficient than I thought he would be. Uh, Justin Holiday so far this year hasn't played a ton, but he is shooting 57.9% from the field and 51.9% from three. That's pretty good. That's pretty solid. He hasn't attempted a free throw yet, but his defense is good. It's not great. And that's about all he does. Like he, he spaces the floor. He cuts, he moves, and he defends. That's all Denver really needs from him. He's a good example to set for guys like Strother and Christian Brown and Peyton Watson and players like that. And I think he will continue to be a good example. I think he's going to play in the playoffs, people. He may not play a ton over the course of these next few games, but I do, especially if Denver does get their fully healthy roster, but I do think that he has been really, really impressive. Not going to grade Colin Gillespie and Jalen Pickett. I'm giving them incompletes. They haven't played a ton. Uh, Hunter Tyson obviously doesn't get a grade yet. He hasn't really played. Uh, and then Jay Huff, Braxton Key, neither of those guys have really played either. So we will see whether those guys can get on the court in the future. Michael Malone, I'm giving an A-. minus. I think that he deserves that. There have been some moments where I would like to have seen him stand up for Nikola Jokic a little bit more in the media. Uh, with from a refereeing perspective. But you kind of get some distance away from those moments and you realize, you know what? That was a game in November and people are talking about Jokic as like this unbelievable LeBron-esque figure within the league. And he is extremely dominant and they're like, he's going to get his flowers. He's going to get his calls. And Malone doesn't necessarily need to spend money in order to make that happen. And he's also managing rotations with a whole bunch of young guys while still managing to play them. Peyton Watson, he's played. Christian Brown, he's played. Julian Strother, he's played. Those guys have been good. He tried Zeke Naji, kind of has to go away from him. Uh, he tried Jalen Pickett and Colin Gillespie. That didn't really work out. And like Denver found ways that they needed to kind of tighten up their rotation without Jamal Murray. But in general, I like Malone's willingness to experiment without a point guard. He has played some lineups here with Christian Brown at the point, with KCP at the point, with even, even Julian Strother at the point. And those have been interesting. 
they have not been great, but they have helped Denver get through it. And unless you're a well-coached team, then you usually are going to fail in those situations. And Denver's been just fine. So good to see from that perspective. And then Calvin Booth. I think he gets a B plus. I wouldn't give him an A grade personally because I'm looking at Denver's roster and I'm looking at it, especially without Vlaco Chanchar, where that's something that he couldn't really account for. But I would like to see Denver try to fill that roster spot if they can. If they can't really until they apply for a designated injury exemption, basically. And because until then, they're playing with 14 roster guys. The f- guys that aren't like that are rookies on the bench, Julian Strother, Hunter Tyson, Jalen Pickett. Uh, the only other guy who's not in that main rotation is Zeke Naji now. And DeAndre Jordan's going to play. Like everybody is kind of useful and there are some different roles, but it just does feel like Denver's missing some extra size in the front court. Somebody else that they can go to in those situations, because I'm not sure how long they can go to DJ before having to go back to Zeke just from a physical perspective. I don't think that DJ is going to be able to hold up for the entire months of December, January, and February, and then also play in the playoffs. Like they gotta have they're gonna have to get some extra bodies. Maybe they try Jay Huff. Maybe that's something that we haven't really seen Michael Malone do yet. But I do think that with Calvin Booth, with the injury to Vlaco Chanchar, with Zeke Naji not necessarily playing that great. Uh, you start to see the weaknesses in the backup front court after Jeff Green already left. And Denver could really use that extra body. They could use somebody. And maybe Hunter Tyson steps up, but I'm a little bit doubtful. Maybe Zeke Naji kind of gets back into good graces, but we're going to have to find out. All right. Good for the grades here. Good for the first quarter of the season. 14-7 and seven record. Hard to really be too critical of anything Denver's been pretty solid for sure. When we come back, we are going to chat uh, just about Jamal coming back and then the in-season tournament that's been going on and some general thoughts on that. But first, this message from Good Morning Broncos. Back at it. Final segment. Pick Axe and Roll. Thank you so much, everybody, for tuning into the show. Really appreciate it. If you're interested, make sure to go subscribe to The Alley with Ryan Blackburn. That's another podcast that I do. I just had an episode with Matt Moore, who you are very familiar with if you're a Nuggets fan. And we talked about the MVP race. We're going to do that uh, kind of a quarterly thing as well for like three more times throughout the year, about midseason, three quarters of the way, and then in the final sec, uh, the final minutes and final games of the season, just talking about the MVP and that should be pretty fun. So if you're looking for all around NBA coverage, that is the place to get it for me. So thank you so much if you do. All right, final segment here. Thank you so much for tuning in. Uh, Vlad is saying uh, third Nuggets live of the day for many in the chat I see. Uh, Love to see that. Uh, For everybody that doesn't know, I was already on Locked on Nuggets earlier today with my guy Swipa. And I assume you also mean the DNVR show. Uh, Those guys are doing tremendous work over there, obviously. And for all these Nuggets fans, it's always good to have a a different live show that you can go to on the YouTube sphere. That's always fun. Um, For the in-season tournament. Actually, no, let's, let's go Jamal back first. Jamal was at practice today. He was doing 
partial practice, not, not like full contact or anything, but the only reason why he, the only reason why he didn't do any full contact was because the team didn't go live. They were, I think, kind of easing into it. And I think Michael Malone sort of realizing with this group that they just need rest. They need to physically rest their bodies. At least the older guys do. I'm sure the younger guys are like, like Julian Strather's like, cool. Awesome. This is great. Peyton Watson's like, yes, I am here. Let's go. And uh, Christian Brown just like, will play whenever you want them to. Uh, but for most of everybody, like they're like, hey, you know what? Let's, uh, let's uh, take some time off here. And I'm not really surprised about that. But I did see that Jamal was, he was laughing. He was having a good time. He was dressed. He was shooting around with the team. And I can tell everybody that I feel very strongly that he will play on Wednesday. Uh, I think he's going to go. I think he's going to play. I think he's back. And most important thing here is that he's probably not going to play standard 35 minutes a night. He is going to play in the 25 to 30 minute range in all likelihood. And they're probably not going to stagger him. They will probably keep him with the starters and he will go into play against the Clippers. And that'll be a fun competitive environment. And Denver will probably win um, because they just beat the Clippers. Now, Denver has to be careful here for obvious reasons. You don't want to push them too hard. You just want to do everything that you can to ease up the burden, at least at this stage of the year. Because even if he plays tomorrow, there are 60 more games, like 60, and then the playoffs come. So technically for Denver, if let's say they go 16 and four again on their way to the finals and into the, the championship, they're playing another 80 games. And for everybody, like, that has been frustrated that Jamal has sat. He is also frustrated too. Most important thing is that he gets to the playoffs healthy. You know what he can do when he's there. You know what the Nuggets can do when they're there. So I wouldn't put a too much pressure on, on him at this point because he also wants to be out there. And I can tell you for certain that he's very frustrated. But uh, Denver's going to be just fine. They're going to be okay. Reggie Jackson's done a great job in his stead. And if he needs to play another time in the starting lineup, then he will. He'll be great at it. I think Denver goes into that game with their starters intact. Murray, KCP, Porter, Gordon, Jokic. They'll play those guys. That'll be fun. And then Reggie comes off the bench and plays 25 minutes. Christian Brown, Peyton Watson, Julian Strother, and DeAndre Jordan. I think they'll go with a 10-man rotation and people will be surprised. And then they'll lose the bench minutes because they're playing 10 guys and they're playing a full bench. People are like, okay. Now it's time for Jamal to stagger. And then they'll probably lose those minutes too because Denver struggles to play with their bench. That's just how it is. That's how it's always going to be. Let's talk about the in-season tourney. Uh, tonight, fun game being played between the Knicks and the Bucks for one team. Uh, yes, Julius Randle had 41 points, but in that game, the Bucks scored 146 to defeat the Knicks. Uh, Giannis at 35 I saw some discussion about him in the chat. He is impossible to guard because he does draw a lot of contact. It's impossible to defend him without fouling. But in a situation where the playoffs sort of tighten up and the whistle's going to tighten up a little bit, I think it becomes a little bit easier. But it's important to note here, Damian Lillard, 28 points on 13 shots, 5 of 7 from the 3, and 7 of 8 from the line. 7 assists, 3 turnovers. He was great, and he led a great offense tonight. 
to me, he is their offensive leader. I know Giannis had 35 points and 10 assists, but I, I still think that Dame is the head of the snake on offense over there. He may not be the best player. He may not be the top dog, but he is the offensive player on that squad. Um, I think that's going to be fascinating to see. So the Bucks and the Pacers are going to play each other. And boy, am I worried about the Pacers. I am worried about them. If, if Giannis is going to have a full steam ahead kind of situation, he's going to score a lot of points. Now, unlike the Knicks, the Pacers can keep pace there. And they have a guy in Tyrese Halliburton who I think is a legitimate MVP candidate. Like, there's a difference between Jokic God tier and just a legitimate MVP candidate. I think that he is right in that zone. Like, he is has been just as good, if not better, than every single other player in the NBA. And I know that that sounds like hyperbole. It's not. Like, Halliburton's been great. Um, he's also really fun to watch. I called them Nuggets East on the timeline last night, just watching them. It's more like 2019 Nuggets, where you could see this preternatural talent in Tyrese Halliburton and with Nikola Jokic. 2019 was before Jamal Murray became Jamal Murray. So it wouldn't surprise me if somebody from the Pacers kind of steps into that second star tier at some point, but they're still in need of that player before they go really deep in the playoffs. Uh, that is something that I would be watching for them. But you had the Pacers defeating the Celtics in a fun, fun game. You had the Bucks defeating the Knicks in a high-scoring game. I didn't get to watch it tonight, so I'm not sure how fun it actually was on the game that's going on in the Western Conference right now, the Lakers are currently beating the Phoenix Suns. I'll let you guys go watch that at some point here real soon, but uh, Anthony Davis has played pretty well. LeBron James is a plus 23 in 18 minutes. That seems pretty good. Um, Kevin Durant's been fine. Devin Booker's been fine. Uh, Devin Booker's not been fine. He has five turnovers already. Um, these teams care. That's probably the most important thing with this. You saw it again with the game last night as well with the Pelicans and the Kings. These teams really, really care about it. And I'm glad that they care because it is important. Like, it's also cool to care about things. And I know that in society, it is sort of frowned upon in a lot of ways to care about something like too, too hard for whatever reason. Um, but it's honestly just fine to care about games in the regular season. Nobody is going to think any less of somebody that wins the in-season tournament. It actually shows a lot of composure and a willingness to rise to the top in a kind of winner-takes-all uh, what like elimination bracket. That's what I'm talking about. Like lose, losing your out kind of bracket. And these guys have really shown that. Giannis and Dame, they showed that they're up to it tonight. Indiana and Tyrese Albert, they showed they're up to it last night. Pelicans, surprisingly, they showed they're up to it, which is kind of cool. I didn't expect that. I thought the Kings would definitely take it. But the Pelicans, they proved that they're just as dangerous, if not more so. So it's been really cool to see. And I like being able to experience that as a fan. I think that's an important aspect of this. This is a big hit. It's not like a, a massive hit or anything like that. It's not perfect. I saw the ratings. They're like up 25% or something like that for a normal November game last year. But the point is that they're up and that people do have some interest in it. It might take a little bit of time to kind of get into the swing of things if you're a fan, but I can tell you that if there is a tradition that's built into this, if you know as a fan going into it that every Tuesday and Friday of November is going to be a group play game, then you're probably going to feel 
uh, you're you're gonna that's gonna be ingrained into you a little bit better in terms of just knowing exactly what's going on. I would like for them to keep the groups the same. I do not want it to be a random draw. I would like for them to kind of develop rivalries in some ways where, hey, you gotta like if you're Denver, you have to get through the Houston Rockets. You have to get through the Pelicans. You have to get through the Mavericks. You have to get through the Clippers. Perfectly reasonable to expect to get through that. Denver wasn't able to do it this past time. They might be able to do it next time. We'll see what happens. But I do think that that would be a cool aspect of this. And I'm looking forward to seeing how the NBA approaches it in the future. But so far, it feels pretty good. I know a couple of people are going to travel to Vegas. Like media members are traveling to Vegas in order to cover this thing. I'm curious to see what their takeaways are going to be and what kind of environment is going to look like. Is it just going to be Lakers fans? It kind of feels like it's just going to be Lakers fans if the score tonight holds. But it's going to be fascinating to see, and I'm looking forward to it. Should be a lot of fun. Uh, but folks, I think that's going to do it for this episode of Pickaxe and Roll. Brought to you by our good friends over at Superbook Sports. Thank you so much for tuning into the show. Really appreciate all the love and support on the podcast. If you can, please rate, review, and subscribe to the show down below. And make sure to give this a like if possible. Thank you so much. Really appreciate it. I will be back after the game on Wednesday, whether it's a, I probably will be back on Thursday morning, actually, around 11 a.m. to discuss Nuggets Clippers. Should be fun. Thank you so much, everybody, for tuning into the show. Appreciate all the love and support on the podcast, as always. We'll talk to you guys tomorrow.